looking forward to when restoration is complete uh, is very hopeful, uh, but we also are looking for restoration to be happening here and now. Welcome to Restoration Matters, where we have conversations around restoring relationships with God and others. I'm Craig Thompson from Rockside Ranch, joined by Scott Lemkeman and Nick Raymeyer. Hey guys. Hey, what up? What's up? Our first podcast. We are very excited about that. And uh, so we figured it'd be a good place to start to, um, to talk about what actually is restoration and why does it matter? So to start that off... Scott, would you uh, share with us a little bit about what restoration is? Yeah. So I thought to kick this off, it would be good to just start with a dictionary definition um, that we can kind of work off of. So the I had to choose which dictionary I was going to go with, and I went with the Cambridge Dictionary. Wow. Right. This is sort very of nice, Scott. Yeah, very elite definition. That's you. the same as all the other ones I found. But, yeah, but this one's from Cambridge, and it is the act or process of returning something to its earlier condition or to its original owner. Mm. This idea of something that is returned to the way that it was, returned to its purpose, its condition, or returned back to the one who had it, the one who owned it, the one who made it. Cool. So restoration, I mean, the the core of that is that it was once good, and then something happened, and we're trying to get it back to what it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or exactly. better. Or, or better. better. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah. I like that. Cause that's, I mean, just thinking about like furniture restoration or art restoration, it is, it was originally created as a piece of art or a piece of furniture. And then something happened, some external thing happened to it. And now, um, we're trying to restore it back to what it was when it was first created. Yeah. Maybe it, you know, with a painting, maybe it got dirty or, mm-hmm. you know, it's starting to chip and crack or, you know, it's starting to fade and mm-hmm. that's like kind of bringing it back. Yeah. And I, I like the definition because I actually kind of want to, to combine both of those aspects. Um, when we're thinking about what we're talking about, um, a Christian perspective on restoration, um, we're talking about returning things to their original condition and their original owner. And sort of those are, those are in many ways one and the same thing in the way that the Bible talks about it, because, Bringing something, bringing this world and people back to the way that they're supposed to be is bringing us and the world back to God, back under God's um, care and rule and authority. Good. Nice. So what would be some of the things that would require restoration in us and in relationships? And that's very broad because it's everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for one... Our hearts need to be restored. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of broad too, but I don't know. Could you guys narrow that down? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody, when we've kind of been, when things have not been going well, we often get to this point where we're like, you know, who am I or what am I doing? What am I good at? You know, what is my purpose? Like even something as concrete as like, what am I supposed to do for my job or my work? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, how should I be spending my time? You know, how should I be treating people? How, sh- how can I understand my place in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in that, in that sense, there's kind of this sort of personal quest to kind of find where we fit. And that has a lot to do with restoration, kind of 
discovering that and bring, being brought back to kind of what God's vision for that for that individual is. Yeah, it feels like very positionary position talk. Yeah, like we're trying to restore our place in the world with perhaps how God is, has made it to be. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and then relationally, you know, anytime that two people are in a relationship, whether um, whether that's family or friends, coworkers, roommates, whatever it is, there's constantly need for restoration. Because as soon as we start talking or interacting, things can be misinterpreted or um, something can happen that causes a rift and that 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 conflict needs to be um, needs to be resolved in the relationship restored. So there's endless need for for restoration. And that really mirrors our relationship with God, which is that we are constantly in need of restoration with with the Lord. And so that's just done through the process of, of, you know, confession and repentance and, and then being restored with, with the Lord. And that's a daily thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have, yeah, so many, so many different um, types of relationships that we could, we could think about this in the, uh, through the lens of restoration, us, our relationship with God, who is our father, um, a parent child relationship. Um, the idea that, you know, at some point in the past, that parent-child relationship was probably better if it existed at all. Um, and then life happens, things happen, people do things, and then that there's a drifting apart. And a parent doesn't, you know, that's kind of natural in some ways. You know, as a, as a child grows up, they kind of have that natural tendency to be like, oh, get away from me, mom and dad. Like, I'm trying to figure out who I am. And that can often lead to this kind of estrangement. And so restoration is sort of bringing, bringing that back together. Um, friends, you know, you have a friend and then you get in a fight or they do something to hurt you. And that creates a breach, um, where originally the original good condition of that friendship was that we like each other and that we like being together and that we don't have anything against each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, you know, every relationship, every human relationship, um, could be seen through that lens. Good. Good. So for the, the main part of today's topic and, and conversation, um, we're going to go and dive into the, the original, um, place where restoration was required. And so diving into, um, just, just the, the first time that humans were, um, were in need of reconciliation with God. And that takes us all the way back to the garden. And so, yeah, let's talk about just how, how that process went, what caused the need for restoration, um, and how God really modeled for us um, how to how to be restored. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think um, before we kind of look at that, I think it is really important as we're, you know, this podcast is all about us exploring what kinds of restoration are possible and how to go about that in a productive and healthy and biblical way. And so being able to see these isolated incidents of rifts and conflicts and problems that, you know, if you're listening, you may have in your life or, you know, we have in our lives here and um, in the kind of the work that we're doing on the ranch, um, being able to put those individual incidents in the bigger story of like what God is up to and in creation and what he's doing is just really helpful to have that bigger context. Like my problem is not this isolated thing that doesn't matter and is irrelevant to the big story of the world. It's actually a part of the big story. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So jumping in, um, you know, when we think about the story of the garden, 
uh, we think that, I mean, it starts off with everything is perfect and God created man. He created woman. He is, um, he's invited them into this paradise. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, um, the, the man and the woman both decide to make a decision that God specifically asked them not to make. Uh, they, they did something that God specifically asked them not to do. And so now there's a problem. Oh, yeah. I've heard it summed up that the problem was that, yeah, God said it not to do it, but then they, they that base it was they trusted their wisdom over God's wisdom. And that just helps. I think it's a really clear framing of the problem of sin and how that works and how that creates the rift and the need for restoration and reconciliation. Because before that choice was made, there was trust that God's wisdom was the way. And then we decided that we thought we knew better. Yeah. Yeah. So putting that kind of like uh, applying that situation to the, to the definition that you gave us, Scott is that, okay, so the garden was created perfectly. And so everything was good at the very beginning. And then now this external thing happened where, where Adam and Eve, you know, disobeyed the Lord and so now um, there's this this crumbling that takes place of the of the good thing that was. Mm-hmm. And so now um, now restoration is required in order to get us back to that original state of being in paradise with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so just like all restoration, uh, that just doesn't happen instantly. What? I know. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, but uh, but it is happening and has been happening for thousands of years. And so when restoration is complete, uh, is very hopeful. Uh, but we also are looking for restoration to be happening here and now. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's this long range vision, but then there's also this, this right now, I have a problem right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. How do we see that play out in the garden? Yeah. So I think, one thing that's cool about this story is that it really highlights the ownership aspect of the definition. So um, we don't always think about it in these terms, but God owns us as human beings, as creatures. He created us. He made us. Um, and, you know, where all of this starts to go haywire is when we reject that ownership. So everything flows out of this first initial step of Adam and Eve saying, I know you said uh, for us not to do this, but we're going to go ahead and do this kind of connecting with what Nick was talking about um, with, you know, kind of doing things on our own wisdom and our own strength. And so it begins with rejecting of that ownership. Um, so now we're estranged from our owner, right? The opposite of that definition of restoration. And then from there, everything kind of spins out of control. So interestingly, before before we see the kind of into the world effects of, of this rift, in with us and our owner, our maker, we first see God actually make a promise. So the serpent is the one who kind of started with this deception, threw them off track, um, enticed them to make this decision to, to be a self-owning human being, a self-owning person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he first says, he first moves towards, right? He, he goes into the garden, he pursues them. He doesn't come with judgment with a final judgment, he comes and says, where are you? Like, yeah. What have you done? Like, he doesn't come with wrath. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which was, which was sort of what he promised. And so already we're seeing 
sort of like God's grace and his mercy is kind of the reason why restoration exists. Yeah. He moves towards them and he, and he, he asks them what happened. They tell him and he turns to the serpent and he begins with really a gospel promise. So he says, you know, I'm going to put enmity. I'm going to put strife between you, the serpent and the woman, Eve, between your offspring and between her offspring. He shall bruise your head. Ultimately, we know that's Jesus and you shall bruise his heel. And so we have this promise at the very beginning before God starts to outline what's going to go wrong because of this rift, um, this promise that he's going, it's going to be dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. This source of, of evil and deception that is Satan um, is going to be defeated yeah. in like the future. God's saying it's not over. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's helpful too because things are about to get bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he gives us, he's giving us that hope right away. Yeah. But yes, not with that, not saying, and don't worry, that's going to happen in about 30 minutes. Right. No, that's going to happen a long, long, long time from now. And lots is going to happen between now and then, such as. Yeah. So yeah, so then then he goes on to outline um, these these kind of fallout effects of, of this rift. And this is kind of more what we experience in the day-to-day um, when we think of things that need restoration. So to, he, he really, two main categories are... Um, or really, yeah, two main categories are it affects our purpose, our, our calling, right? We talked about that in the definition of sort of returning to the original purpose and condition. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our calling and our vocation, um, our work in life is, is distorted and it's marred. So for the woman, um, I'm going to make your, 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 your childbearing is going to be painful. You're going to bring forth children in pain. So raising up children, raising up children is going to be something that's very difficult um, to Adam you're going to have to work the ground and it's going to be painful for you to get your basic sustenance. There's going to be thorns and thistles and by the sweat of your face, you're going to be um, growing your food. Um, and just important, like God didn't take away our jobs. Right. You know, which yeah. is also important yeah. for restoration. Totally. And as we'll see later. But yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just totally. distorted like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. He just, it, you know, it's, it's cursed, but it's not eradicated. It's not done away with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then not only is our calling distorted um, and cursed, but our relationships with each other. So you see, you know, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So now there's this internal strife between Adam and Eve, um, which we experience the fruit of in all of our relationship strife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, really in many ways you could kind of categorize all, a lot of our problems, if, you know, all of our problems under those two things um, because we, we, we war with each other and we're kind of at war with the earth in a lot of ways, or it it resists us when we try to find out who we are, what we're supposed to do with our lives. um, When we try to do good, um, there's resistance, there's thorns, there's thistles. Yeah. And so this, this affects everything starts to kind of break apart and shatter, but it doesn't get completely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, to, to pause here for a minute and just say that, that, there's so much wrapped up in this section in this story. Um, but ultimately what we're told is that, uh, you will need restoration in life and that the ultimate restoration, there is a pathway to ultimate restoration, which is through Christ. Yeah. God says, I will bring that restoration. Yes. And so I think that that gives us a lot of comfort because, um, when we need restoration in our lives, um, we can go back to this foundation and this this very 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 beginning story as the as the the original 
um, need for it. And so it, it helps to answer the why. Well, why did this happen? Well, we, we know why this happened. Uh, we know why this continues to happen. We know why, you know, in, in our relationships with our, with our spouse or our kids or our friends or whoever it is, family, we know that there's going to be a need for ongoing relationship, just like there's a need for ongoing relate or um, sorry, restoration, just like there's a need for ongoing restoration with God. And we know that that's going to continue uh, until, until God ultimately restores all of creation and, and humanity in the world. Yeah. That, and that's huge because, you know, if you're listening, you may be, you may be thinking of these areas in your life that are just broken, just a huge mess. And, what you're tempted to think is I'm uniquely in a mess. Mm-hmm. What this, what this really helps with is, is it's just to say that you're not alone. And this is kind of the default of what we're dealing with. Yeah. Like um, it's weird if you don't have thorns and thistles, mm-hmm. you know what? It's not abnormal for things in your life to be a broken mess, right? That is, that is just the conditions that we find ourselves in. And that's the calling that we have is to address that and to, to work in that, to work in the midst of thorns and thistles. Um, and so I think this is hugely comforting because when you're, you know, when you've had the same conversation for the hundredth time with that person, recognize that it's not, it, you're not uniquely having a problem. Right. That's just, that is, that is the task that we have. Yeah. It's so comforting. And also here comes the need for restoration, right? Is that it's challenging. Like mm-hmm. God says, I will bring about this final recon- reconciliation and restoration, like through us, you know, and ultimately through Jesus and then Jesus through us still, but like, it's not, we, at that point we have to trust God because he says, I'm going to do this and you're going to trust me, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's no longer like, oh yeah, we're going to figure out how to restore everything and reconcile it, which we think we can do often and then realize quickly that we can't alone. And so there's, there comes the trust part again of, oh yeah. And that's where the comfort too is, is like realizing how, how big of a task that is. And then having God to say, like, I got this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then also recognizing that, you know, for, for anybody who needs rest, restoration in their life or in, in a relationship, um, you know, waiting for, for the final day doesn't seem very hopeful, right? We want it now. And so, so there's also, um, just, uh, we, we want to set this as the foundation for why restoration matters. And we will get into the more um, practical conversations of, and what can we do today? And so, so there's this overarching, um, this overarching, why, why, why do things go wrong in the first place? That's really helpful to know. We know it's very helpful to know that that we're moving toward the ultimate act of re- restoration, um, and then there are little things that we can be doing every single day um, to help bring restoration in our lives, right. both with the Lord and with others. Which we have learned from God's wisdom. Yeah, like pretty much everything we're going to talk about here is things that God has told us through His Word and that we've learned, and so it's not like we're coming up with these, you know novel things but this is where we trust god too is not only for the final restoration but the day-to-day what you were just saying craig that mm-hmm. how do i have this conversation yeah you know, yeah. like there's wisdom god has wisdom for us in that to do that his way and that way is going to be the best way yeah but that's when restoration comes yeah yeah that's huge yeah and i think to kind of um 
to kind of give the, you know, we've talked about Genesis and we talked about kind of the shadowy promise of God making things, you know, of God dealing with Satan and dealing with sin. Um, I think that the way that the way that we see Paul in the New Testament talk about this ongoing work of restoration, um, I think that's really helpful in providing kind of the more immediate context that we have because we're, you know, Christ has come and he has started his work. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of scriptures that I think will help frame this day-to-day, these small acts of restoration in our life. Um, first one is Colossians 1. Um, read through the whole first chapter to get the context for this, but verse 19 in particular, in him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This idea of fullness is sort of the culmination of the purpose, the plan of God in restoration. Verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So what Paul says there is that this great work is actually, it's begun to reach its final culmination. Like this, that Christ is reconciling everything in heaven, on earth, everything and everyone. Um, he is doing that. Like it is happening. It's not, it's not a, I hope it happens in the future. It's yeah. like that work has started now. Yeah. And then elsewhere in, um, elsewhere in uh, the New Testament, Paul talks about um, us being ministers of this reconciliation. Um, so in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, or sorry, verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So really what we're doing is, um, we're trying to be sort of outfitting you to the extent that we can with the wisdom that we have, um, drawing from drawing from the scriptures presentation of, of how to do this well, outfitting you to be getting into this work, right? Like this is happening. Christ is reconciling all things and he calls us to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our hope is that that you can see the fruit of that in all the areas of your life and all the spaces that you touch that need reconciliation, restoration, um, and there's hope because it's not ultimately us that's doing it. It's God who's doing it in Christ, and he's inviting us to be a part of it. It's good. Yeah, so next week we're going to dive into um, what we are kind of framing restoration as. Um, and so we're going to talk through the the seven foundations of restoration. And so we'll go into what each of those just doing a, a an overview of what each, each of those seven foundations are um and and then from there uh, each week when we have a conversation we'll be talking about some um some element of restoration that can be linked back to one or more of those foundations and uh and ultimately just trying to build out a toolkit that we can all be using in our daily lives in our work in our families in our in our relationship with the lord to be taking an active role in the reconciliation and restoration work that God is calling us to. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping to be able to provide you both with a framework for understanding why you're doing these things, how to go about these things, and really some really practical tips Mm -hmm. to, to try to, um, that you can try out in your relationships and in, in the places of your area that are broken and need this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just, just some tools that you can use to maybe get some traction. Yeah, yeah. We we want we want you know the things that we're talking about here to practically apply to your relationships in 
the moment, you know, today in real time that you start to see restoration taking place um, in the relationships that matter to you most. And we strongly believe that these things work. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing this podcast and why we spent so much time thinking through these things. And so we hope that you'll hear them and use them and find that they work too. Yeah. One other thing too um, is as soon as we get, you know, kind of a volume of, of questions, we are planning to do a question and answer kind of portion of the podcast. So if you have specific questions, you know, specific cases, um, situations in your life that you'd love to just hear feedback on or hear hear ideas about, um, send those in, write those in to podcast at rocksideranch.org. Right? Podcast at rocksideranch.org. Write in your questions, throw it out there, whatever it is. And then once we get enough questions, we'll start uh, including that kind of at the tail end of our podcasts. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we're excited to get this podcast rolling. So we appreciate you being with us. Um, just remember as an encouragement, restoration is a process. It takes time. Um, don't give up. It is worth it. And uh, we're really excited to, to be with you on this journey. So uh, thanks again. And we'll see you next week.